Hola, me llamo Edith Rosales y soy embajadora de la campaña Futuro Hispano. Los números del censo de 2020 están en un mínimo histórico en los Estados Unidos. Si no te haces contar y pides que los demás hagan lo mismo, la representación federal de nuestra comunidad hispana desaparecerá. Los fondos estatales y locales serán menores, lo cual afectaría a los hospitales, a las escuelas y a las ciudades. Hazte contar y que los demás cuenten hoy en el censo de 2020. Y manden la confirmación a www.futurohispano.com para la oportunidad de ganar $10,000. Muchas gracias, amigos. Y recuerden, estamos para quedarnos. give a formal introduction <laughs> welcome to sazon episode one very excited to be here with nancy santiago and douglas santiago my name is jorge rosales welcome yeah. thank you yeah so today for our discussion we're just going to cover off a very important topic in the hispanic community and in the u.s the 2020 census just a couple of weeks ago it was announced that this 2020 census will be ending counting at the end of September, one month earlier than expected. And this, while one month, you know, may seem like a lot of time, a little time, it's a great impact on, especially with COVID-19, the implications of the funding that the Census Bureau has, as well as the amount of people that are able to fill this out in that amount of time. You know, we may be facing a real dilemma as this is, a decade long of data that we use to fulfill a lot of our yearly needs, such as voting representation and, you know, electing official local funding. So I think it's a very important topic, especially for the Latino community that is facing a bunch of other burdens due to COVID-19. I know I'm very lucky to have Douglas here who has worked with the Census Bureau and he could provide more insight, you know, firsthand I don't know if there was anything you have seen over the years that when going as a field representative, you know, any stories that you could share, especially with like interacting with the, the Hispanic community, if there's anything that stood out to you, especially. Um, well, you mentioned a couple of things there, which is the fear of uh, people wanting to give up the information and open the door. So uh, this year I applied for field represent, uh, representative, but in the past I was an enumerator. And basically the enumerators, like, we go and knock on the doors and go into the unaccounted the communities. And um, it was... Um, I loved the job. I loved to, to be dropped off in a neighborhood that I wasn't familiar with or, or that I heard about, you know, growing up and, you know, there's all these Latinos that live over there in this part of town or, you know, Indians in this part of town. So I was able to go in these neighborhoods and, uh, and knock on the doors. Um, but I do agree with you because a lot of times, uh, a lot of, uh, sometimes uh, they wouldn't open the door. You know, one of the reasons they send me to the neighborhood is because I'm, you know, I'm very people friendly. So I was able to, you know, get the people to open the door and talk to me a little bit about what I was doing there and how important it was. But I found myself a lot of times, uh, no, come back later. Uh, I don't want to fill the census out. So that part as a numerator was challenging because, you know, there's a lot of times it's like on Sunday when they don't open the door for, for certain religion people. Uh, it's the same kind of idea. Don't, you know, I'm, this is what, this is not 
the place for it or this, you know, I don't, we don't do this here at the, in this home. But in that area, that was kind of um, challenging to get the people to talk to me, to open the door. And that took time because if you go, if you would go into an area and you weren't able to um, get them to fill out these, uh, these forms out, then you would have to go back and revisit these. So you, you come back often to finally talk to the person. So I was trying to figure out what to say to them that would really like sort of get them to kind of um, understand the, the purpose. You, you brought up in a larger, uh, broader spectrum, you know, when it comes to politics and all that stuff. But uh, what I was saying to them was that this is, you know, by them being counted, this is how we're going to be able to allocate services in the communities for the school, for the students. Um, I mean, I ran it down, uh, daycare centers, uh, after school programs, um, not only with school, just community. Um, there was a list that I had, but I figure out what it was for the community and where that, and, and by being counted, uh, how they could help these services. And that was how I was able to tie it in together. Um, but I had, I had a little spiel that I would go and the other stuff, it might've gone over the head too much. The second you, I, I would mention, um, the government and numbers and, and a large scale, it was a little bit of a put off. So I found another way to talk to the community and that's how it was. Then there was when, then the different side of that is when uh, we would set up booths in different towns instead of going to the houses. That's a different type of uh, outreach. There was a little easier because, you know, we would have some giveaways, they would come to the table, we talked to them, there was music playing, so it was more like an event. Um, so that way, you know, if people came into this place, they were probably okay with filling out the census and being a part of what we were trying to do. Um, but that was my, my experience was mostly that, trying to, trying to really let them know that, this, that these numbers are very, very important. Another situation was um, signage. So another job I had to do, I had to go in these places. For instance, I had to go into all the restaurants, all the businesses, the small businesses in towns. So I would go into, into, the, into the undercounted, the, the, the businesses that were owned by undercounted communities. That was a little bit because, it, again, we, I, we go there with, I went there with one, a wonderful uh, presentation of we need to be counted, but they didn't want to talk about that. So then when it came to the signage, my, my job was to convince them to put um, a sticker in their window just to remind the community to fill out their census. So uh, I, uh, I excelled in that because they would send me to the neighborhoods where, <laughs> where they did not want the census sticker on their door. And then they'd go back a week later and say, was Douglas here? Because <laughs> 10 of the stores were stickers in the window. So I, I challenged myself because I knew the importance of it and the community. Quick question on, I guess, the booths and where they sent you to put signage on. Does the Census Bureau tactically, you know, target these locations or these areas that, you know, are probably minorities or communities of minorities and that haven't filled out the census or that don't know as much, you know, with behind the census? And then how do they communicate to them in a language that they could understand, you know, because I know a lot of people who pitch these kind of things, you know, a lot of it is jargon. A lot of people don't understand the politics behind it or what it really means, you know, instead of just getting thrown hundreds of different numbers that are very important, you know, making them aware that all of this counts and how much you make up of the U.S. population is very important. But then kind of, you know, communicating that is a lot harder. Going out there, doing this outreach, how do you guys communicate it? And do they have any questions beyond that that maybe you answer? Well, the way they communicate was we would go into, we would pick up, uh, 
uh, schools and locations, like um, a lot of training schools. So we'd ask, we'd ask the school if, we, if they could just give us an hour to go and explain about the census. So that was part of what we did. And that was a way of uh, speaking to a larger group and more concentrated, where we're able to, you know, have a board behind them and kind of explain and show the big picture of the demographics. So those were, I think those are more effective because you weren't uh, trying to get people in the street to talk or get them to open your door. It was a concentrated focus group. And, um, and we had some really, uh, really great uh, teachers and that, and that, uh, uh, that ran those workshops. In that situation, I kind of assisted and kind of made sure the pamphlets were out and everything was set up. But, um, but that was really the way to do it on a, broad, on a broader spectrum. You know, knocking on the door, they're trying to get people to come to you is a little bit more um, challenging, like I said. But definitely, there was a lot of information given out. We broke it down, broke it down. This is this is how many uh, people live here. This this is the last year. How many people live actually live here, and how many people uh, filled out their census? And they would show them the difference. And then they say, well, if you live here, and they're closing down all your schools, et cetera, et cetera, then this is why this is happening. And the programs, et cetera, this is happening. You see this number? You see this number? They don't match. So we need them to match, and we need them to be uh, more accurate. And yes, that 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 fear, and you know, you will you will get questions about immigration, and you will get questions questions about who gets this information, and are they gonna, you know, am I gonna, they're gonna come get me, and all these other things that some of us. Carol um, gives you sort of like um, the talking points and how to address these concerns, because I mean, I think the biggest um, hurdle is is the misconception of you know why do they want to know anything about me or why do I have to say it or why do I have to share um, and and I think it's, it's there's a cultural barrier there that has a lot to do with you know living a private life um, or the fact that um, so many are undocumented in certain areas of the country so um, does the Census Bureau prepare you for with, with like a script and then they're saying you know this is how you answer these types of questions. This is how, you know, to best address these concerns so that, you know, it brings down that wall um, and people, I mean, naturally I feel that Douglas, you, you, you know, you have that, I feel that you have that gift and people will engage in conversation with you. I've seen it happen myself, a complete stranger will want to engage you in conversation. So, <laughs> but in, in these cases where you're asking about things that are, personal questions, um, you know, are their concerns are, are very valid. And so, you know, are you, does the census prepare you is my question and how to respond. They did, they, they did prepare us. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's been a while for me. I mean, it was 10 years then before that 10 years, but they did prepare us. They set us down and they, uh, like I said before, those areas of what the needs of the community was, was what, when I saw them listening and tuning in. And then it will kind of tune out when it's when uh, it's talking about um, regionally and numbers. But they prepared us. They prepared, you know, these people. And also, we you could see when the groups came in. If we were, for instance, if we were in a, a night school for women, for night school women, so they kind of pre so you could see in the groups the the census specifically set me up with these classrooms because um, I could see how many uh, African Americans were, how many uh, Latinos were there. Um, and you could see the, the the difference in the groups and who wasn't being counted. And mo most pe most people that are in those rooms, for a fact, they hadn't. They were already in their thirties or forties, and they hadn't filled their senses out yet. And they're already, you know, they're, that's twenty years later. 
of resources and then not being counted. Um, but they were hesitant. Another, another thing that was, they couldn't understand was the race part. And I can't remember what the, right now the census, but they, they weren't, if they were white, they were Hispanic, that whole race situation that 10 years ago was kind of challenging and they didn't know, you know, the Hispanics and that uh, the race part like that. So I can't remember now, but there was a situation there where they would leave that old blank because they themselves, you know, ourselves themselves didn't uh, know where they fit in. So I think also that was a part of it too. But yes, they 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 read us down. It was mostly about where people lived, who, and they gave us a number, who was counted, who wasn't, and then we needed to be counted in order to see changes in the communities. So I went, I went, I went along with that. If you wanted to see these changes, then this, then we need this number. We need to know that you live here, so we can count you in. But it was more of that. It was it was like you said, more convincing them that it's safe. It was more about that. that it's safe to do it, that we need the number. For some reason, like uh, Jorge said, um, they didn't feel safe filling it out. Uh, in reading about the 2010 census, that there was a lot of, uh, when uh, the data forms that they sent, when it comes to race and the subgroups and under Latino, you know, they only had little check boxes for Mexican, American, uh, Puerto Rican descent, you know, and then other with a tiny text box, you know, and that really leaves out the opportunity for other people to write from Dominican Republic, Salvadoran, Guatemalan, you know, a lot of, you know, and then, you know, people don't really know where they fit in, but, you know, a lot of the representation when it comes to government, we have to, you know, ex include all these different subgroups because they also make a big part of the community, you know, especially yeah. here in New York with, I guess, the big populations that we have of Latino communities. I think that's the biggest part too, to, to really reinforce that, um, you know, whereas the Puerto Rican segment is this, the Mexican segment is this, the Ecuadorian segment is this, Colombians are this, but together to the country, we are all Latinos, we are all Hispanic. And so they're not looking at, well, you know, the Colombians may need this and the Ecuadorians and the Mexicans and the Puerto Ricans and the Dominicans, and they're just looking at Hispanic. And so, uh, you know, I, I think there is definitely something to be said about the force in numbers and, and how, you know, we know, I, I, I talk to this every day working in multicultural advertising you know, where, you know, multicultural budgets are just this small percentage of these larger budgets for advertising. And the brand will be saying, well, you know, I want to see growth with my, with my product. I want to see growth with my brand. And in the growth of the population, it's Hispanic driven. Why are we not seeing the budgets shifting to that direction, if the population growth is saying it's Hispanic. You know, so these are so many things that I feel like the census will help be, you know, is able to quantify these numbers and say, well, now we know who's there, where they are, how much, what's needed, we, you know, representation in Congress, representation in Senate. Like, we need all these different seats to be able to, to justify, um, you know, where we are and how our role should be played. So I think, I mean, I, mean I, I also find it today, you know, it's truly surprising to me that it is not public knowledge that the date has moved up, the deadline has moved up by 30 days. I mean, you know, 
so many people are like, well, I'll wait to do that. Oh, I'll do that. That's not, that's not until the end of October. I'll do that sometime in October. How many people are not thinking that and they're not aware that it's the end of September? You know, so th that's another piece that I feel that, that is, is just so crucial right now to be able to communicate that the deadline has changed. I mean, it, it's uh, this is a pivotal time. And, and I mean, you know, we can really, the numbers don't show with the census, we can really derail our growth by 10 years so much. And actually on that point, Nancy, you know, coming from a multicultural, multicultural side of advertising, you know, and especially seeing how, the census, the data that the census collects, you know, really drives home a lot of the data that we use in the industry or like how important is the census in, especially in, I guess, in your industry of out of home advertising, you know? It is, it is uh, so important. I mean, I can't stress the, the importance. If we would put it on a scale of one to 10, I would say it's 20 um, because, you know, while we know through, other uh, through other ways, um, you know, from credit bureaus and and you know Facebook and and different ways that we can quantify and say and, and say well this is a Hispanic zone and this is a Hispanic zip code and um, the true numbers of knowing where people are and how to best serve media to speak to them in their community is so key to being able to drive home a message for a brand. I mean, you know, if you want to speak to Nancy, the mom, you know, you can speak to me in Spanish because that's what really resonates to me. Sure, I read and I know I was born here and, and I, you know, read my media in English, but when you're going to speak to me about mothering things and children and advice, I feel like I am more um, open to things that are coming to me and messages that are coming to me in Spanish. Now, you ask someone on the West Coast, the middle of the country, you know, go more south to Texas, you know, however, their feelings may be different. Um, but I, I think that there's something to be said, not only about the language piece, but also the area where you are. And, and you know, New York being so diverse and, um, you know, being born and raised here is different than if it were, if, if I guess if I was in Texas, you know, and so maybe that my perception of, of things would be a little different. Um, I'm sure, and on the West Coast as well, that you know, it, it's different how it's uh, perceived and how the media um, puts out the campaigns for brands to speak to the people in spe uh, specific parts of the country. So we we really look to these numbers and these census numbers to be able to quantify, and and even even when we're breaking down budgets, you know, if we know that X amount of these this profile of Hispanics is mostly in the West Coast than our than 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 in the East Coast. Then we're going to put our strategy behind media, our out of home media that's supporting the message on the West Coast. So I mean, all of this is is super important. And even with budgets, when clients are looking at you know 
slicing up the pie with out of home, with TV, with radio, um, with digital and social. They're, they're looking at where are they? Where are the Hispanics? You know, are they concentrated in this area? Are they concentrated in this area? Can I give them a blanketed message and still get to them and, and have my message resonate? My answer to that is always no. You know, we're, you cannot speak to Nancy, the, the New Yorker, the way you're going to speak to Nancy if I was born and raised in Texas or if I was born and raised in Los Angeles. So, you know, the, there's so many things that come into play with, with, uh, with a campaign, but definitely we always look at the census numbers in terms of, you know, where to mostly target um, areas of the country. I think that's very important in the industry, especially, and not just speaking on brands like, you know, McDonald's and Burger King or a fashion brand, but like brands like the CDC, you know, when it comes to viruses like coronavirus or other, you know, viruses like HIV, where if they see a concentration in a Latino community, you know, being able to target that community specifically in a language that speaks to them will definitely save lives and, you know, also educate them on these things that, you know, we don't regularly talk about in mainstream media or on social networks. So, you know, it's definitely a funnel of communication that I think will curate to the Latino voice. And I think that that's something that we as a community, as a whole community, especially need, but the census is very important in making sure that we don't go undercounted again and looking at the data from 2010, millions of Hispanics were not accounted for in the census. And, you know, over the 10 years, while we may not be able to see the effects it may have had, we know that we've lost out on many funding opportunities, many, many chances at representation in government. And, you know, repeating those same mistakes now will only lead to more effects, especially in the post COVID-19 landscape. I mean, looking right now at saludamerica.org, and their kind of article on what the census means to Latino communities. If the census were to go undercounted again, let's say if 3% of Latinos are undercounted in Florida, Florida could lose up to $131 million for Medicaid in the 10 years. That's a large number for Medicaid. These opportunities that are especially needed in the Latino communities, you know, with a lot of first generation Americans that, you know, don't have the financial opportunities to get these kind of things regularly. And, you know, something as simple as checking out 10 minutes of your time to fill out a form could really save you in the long run. And I think that's the message that we're really trying to drive home and really trying to get everyone involved in, especially with the COVID-19 landscape and the Census Bureau currently only having one third of the workforce that they said they need to get all these people involved in getting that outreach done for the census, you know, I think that's where we come into play, organically spreading the message, making it known that this is important. This is the future, the next 10 years, and everyone should put aside the time necessary to fill it out. Well, I agree. It's, just, it's like I said, we didn't, we didn't just knock on that door once in those areas. I went back and then we had a list of who opened that door and who didn't. And, and once when we finally got them to fill it out, and I would stay there with them. I'd sit there next to them, walk them through all the questions. Also, I, you know, I'm bilingual, so that helped a lot in these areas. You know, but I find myself going into Indian neighborhoods, Asian neighborhoods, and not really being able to communicate as well. But at the same time, it was all about, you know, we need these numbers. We need to know that you are here. You live here, right? So we just want to know that you're here. <laughs> okay. You pay taxes, right? This is your business. 
and you know you do they, they're gonna give you what are you gonna get what what are you gonna what are you gonna get back <laughs> you know for being here living here and being you know part of the population and I, I think we need to um collectively work on spreading that message that we count our voices matter um our opinion matters and and so you know with having these preconceived notions that you know i don't want anyone to know where i live i don't want anyone to know or you know the government to to see this or know this or you know or if i'm undocumented you know they're gonna send you know people after me um i think we need to start collectively getting the message out that none of that is a result of filling out the census. You are not going to be compromising your safety of, your, of you or your family by filling out the census. What the census does is that it gives you your voice. It gives you that place that you do count. And so when you want to see something happen in your local school district, or if you want to see something happen in you know, your local community board or these different things that happen on the local level that are affecting you, you do have to realize that then you have to fill out the census so that your voice counts. You know, so I think more than anything, that's, that's where like the focus should be is um, collectively, getting that message out of your voice counts and we're here to stay and so let's let's do this together even if even if i have to help you fill out the form <laughs> yes. i'll help you fill it out There's a law. let me take it home i said no come over here sit over here next to me come here we'll <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna host um some zoom calls some zoom training calls for filling out your census <laughs> no, I mean, i'm going to call and check in tomorrow because i you know I, like i said i really enjoyed it especially the, all the outreach you know also they, after they counted the census there's a period once the main number goes in they, that's then they send people out so they keep a certain amount of people for another year so i was one of those people that were kept on uh to go into the outreach so we go in and try to get the really get those numbers that people that didn't fill out because we have more information now who filled it out, who sent it in already, what areas. It was, it was a wonderful experience uh, having pe people to feel that they matter, like Nancy said, that they, that they count. And because of that, we need that number. Because you do matter, you do, you do count. And the city that you live in is built around that number and the, and the people that live here. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that it also ties back to, you know, if, you know, you don't take advantage of these programs or these, or you don't need these things like Medicaid or, or, you know, financial assistance, you know, think about your neighbor as well. You know, they, they may all need these things and just filling out that form helps them get these things. So I think that it, for the greater picture, we, we all have to do our part. And especially in a time where it may be hard to communicate these things to people, you know, I think that's where the creativity comes into play, you know. Thank you, Douglas. I think that that was definitely great. I know that it helped educate me as well, you know, not being as formally educated on the census and like what people do to, you know, get everyone involved and everyone to take part of this is a big reason as to why, you know, we have a lot of these programs. So thank you for, you know, doing that work first and foremost, but also helping educate the people on these things.
Fill out your census and go vote. Exactly. The two different ones. Two importas. Two importas. Oh, yeah. Importas. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> Like, like you didn't get you didn't you didn't get your form. Don't worry about it. I got fifty right here. <laughs> exactly. No, no me llegó. Me decía no, no me llegó. Ah, pues no, yo tengo una aquí. No te preocupes. <laughs> tú oh, cuentas, man. tú cuentas. Well, congratulations on the first content. episode. Very excited, you know. Definitely, you know, more episodes to come. I think that COVID itself really brought up a lot of things that we need to touch on, right? And you know, things that are we, you know, a lot of people like like minds can come together and solve you know especially for the people who aren't in the best situations right now yeah i think that's something that a lot of us take for granted i take for granted myself i could admit to that, that you know i i'm you know working from home hasn't really changed my life completely but you know a lot of people who have to have kids or you know at home they they have a whole different lifestyle and trying to balance these things i think you know is one major issue that i find but a lot of issues that hopefully, you know, as a collective, we could come together and help out on. The best thing we can do is uh, stay positive. Optimistic. Be, be positive strengths to each other. Good and, vibes only. And we, uh, and we keep moving forward. You know, it's all about moving the culture forward together. Definitely. With a little sazon. Yes. And with that, thank you very much, Douglas. Thank you very much, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. This is Edgar Santiago. I am an ambassador of the Futuro Hispano campaign. The numbers of the 2020 census are at an all-time low. If you don't make yourself count and ask others to do the same, our federal representation will be gone. Our state and local funds will be less, which will impact our hospitals, schools, and cities. Let's make ourselves and others count today for the 2020 census and upload the confirmation on www.futurohispano.com for a chance to win $10,000. Thank you.